All right, Proverbs chapter number one. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter number one tonight, and uh, we look forward to what God has for us out of this uh, chapter. Of course, uh, uh, if you've been here any Wednesday night prior to this one over the last several uh, weeks and even going into even last year, uh, on Wednesday night we've been in the people of Proverbs, and we've uh, discussed different uh, characters in Proverbs. We've discussed last, uh, last Wednesday the sluggard. Uh, we've talked about uh, the evil man, and we've talked about several different ones, and we'll, uh, many of them we'll revisit again uh, because the book of Proverbs says so much about them, and there's uh, much to learn, the practical application from the book of Proverbs. And so I trust that um, uh, you've, these have been a help to you, and I look forward to tonight and what God has for us. And one thing you've probably realized uh, over these uh, last many Wednesdays is uh, I've got a lot that I try and get to on on Wednesday night. Uh, usually my Sunday morning is Sunday night. It's pretty efficient. Point one, point two, point three, point four. Then y'all know I'm done. Uh, but uh, on Wednesday nights, these point, these have been getting into the six and the sevens and the eights and the nines. I'm just reminding you of that because of the Bible study this evening. Uh, anybody want to take a guess how many points I have tonight? Zero. See, see, you are, y'all were thinking bad about me. You're going to be here all night long. Well, you are, but I still have, uh, I don't have any points tonight. What I want to do is I want to take Proverbs chapter 1. There's some key verses there. And I want to take my time to walk through these verses and teach some things. And then I'm going to illustrate what the Bible is saying. If you'll pay attention tonight, what you're, gonna, you're going to hear tonight, what we're going to see in God's Word is foundational for your life. You, no matter where you are in life, you need what is going to be said tonight. You need to be reminded of how it's illustrated. Uh, our young people need to hear it. We're going we're gonna to talk some about wisdom, and we're going to talk about different aspects as wisdom uh, relates to us. Uh, but uh, you, if you're in your uh, uh, middle age, you need to hear it. Uh, if you're in your senior years, you need to hear it uh, because wisdom comes to us. It doesn't just come to us one time. It's a continual thing when it comes to wisdom and what we do with wisdom. And so let's look at Proverbs chapter number one. So I want you to stay with me tonight as I, as I walk through it and I teach through it and I'll lay um, uh, some, some groundwork and then we'll build on top of it and then I'll illustrate it to drive the, the, the points home this evening. And so uh, there will be more illustration than I normally do, and so, but I think it will be helpful to you. So let's look at Proverbs chapter number 1, beginning with verse number 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. Now I want you to notice verse number 20. Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets, she crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates, in the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, would ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Now, tonight we're going to look at wisdom and properly dealing with wisdom. Properly dealing with wisdom. Father, help us tonight as we look into your word. May the Spirit of God... Teach us, instruct us, may we open our hearts and minds to you. And Father, may the word of God be etched in our hearts. May we just adopt some of the things we see and just determine that uh, when wisdom comes to us, we're going to treat it properly. 
how we're going to respond appropriately. And Father, I pray that your people will be helped tonight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We see right away in verse number two, to know wisdom and instruction. We're reminded that the author of the book of Proverbs is Solomon, the son of David. Solomon, of course, was known for his wisdom and is known for his wisdom. And he writes wisdom and instruction. Now, wisdom can be defined as divine revelation. I just referenced the wisdom of Solomon, and many came to Solomon for his wisdom. Uh, many would come from different countries for his wisdom. His own people as king would come for his wisdom. But as Solomon writes this, he's not writing about his wisdom. He's writing about the divine revelation from God. Now, if it comes from God, that is wisdom. Everything else is opinion. We live in a day-to-day when the devil has done a good job of, uh, of convincing a whole lot of people that there's alternate versions of truth. There's not. There's alternate versions of wisdom. There's not. The wisdom that the Bible speaks of is divine revelation, what God thinks. A lot of times we as Christians make the mistake, and it's a foolish one, it's a costly one, because we like to give commentary on God's opinion. There's only one opinion that matters when it's all said and done. It's God's. When it comes to our salvation, when it comes to eternity, when it comes to heaven or hell, whether you're going to spend eternity in heaven or whether you're going to spend eternity in hell, it doesn't matter what grandma thought. It doesn't matter what some holy man thought. All that matters is what God thinks. All that matters is what God has established. That's wisdom. Living our life, we can have our opinions. But wisdom is that divine revelation from God. Where do we get that divine revelation? Well, I had a dream last night. That's not divine revelation. Divine revelation is in the Word of God. That is our wisdom. That is where we find our instruction for life. Uh, that's where you find instruction for marriage. That's where you find instruction for home. Uh, that's where you find instruction in making decisions. And certainly in the context of this series that we're in on Wednesday night, it's where we discover what we really are. Uh, a lot of times we would say, well, I, I'm, I'm not a, just to pick one, I'm, I'm not a fool. Well, what does the Bible say? Yeah. Or sometimes it's the other way, I'm a wise man. Well, what does the Bible say? Right. We have a tendency to elevate the opinion of ourselves, don't we? Yeah. But then the Bible tells us that it is a mirror revealing what we are. Right. Sometimes we, we do this, don't we read the Bible and say, yeah, that's so-and-so. <laughs> yeah, that's so-and-so. It would help us a lot more if we look at it as a mirror and say, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. But you got to get rid of that pride, don't you? It's the wisdom that is divine revelation. Solomon is a, was a wise man. He's not writing about his wisdom. He's writing about God's. Now, notice to know wisdom and instruction. That word instruction is the know-how to apply the wisdom wisely. God just gives wisdom, but he gives instruction. He gives his revelation, and he gives instruction so you and I know how to apply it to our life. Make no mistake about it, God wants you to be happy. But happiness is not you getting your way all the time. It's God getting his way. See, that we depend on the external too much. I'm in a good mood today. Why? Because... 
because everybody's being nice to me. I'm in a bad mood today. Well, when we, we consider what God has said and living our life to please Him, that is where real joy and contentment comes from. So there's wisdom, which is revealed to us through the Bible. There's instruction that helps us apply it to our life. I'm thankful that when God gives an instruction, when God tells us there's something He wants us to do, He gives us the means to do it. Now, it does not mean we can always do it in our flesh. It means we must have the Spirit. We must change our opinions. Say, oh, Pastor, this is what I think. And we all say that. But what does God think? What does God think? Well, we got to get in the habit of asking that question. And not what the Facebook poll says. There's all kinds of philosophies out there. That's all they are is philosophy. They're not wisdom. Because where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom and instruction. We see that in verse number 2. So we've defined wisdom, and we see how instruction relates to wisdom. And, and notice why. To know wisdom and instruction. It's not so we can just, and there's a lot of this in religious circles and sadly church circles. He says, I've learned a lot of things just so I can walk around and puff myself up and show everybody what I know. I, I know this, I know more than you. That's not why we have wisdom. We have wisdom and instruction. Why? Look what the Bible says in verse number two. To perceive the words of understanding. God gives us wisdom with instruction so we can understand. You know why a lot of Christians don't have a hard time understanding what God wants? It's because they're not receiving instruction with the wisdom. They haven't, they haven't read the wisdom. They haven't seen the instruction. Therefore, you don't have understanding. There's a lot of people who give commentary on the Bible, and that's outdated, or that's, it's 2023. Well, if they would read it and have wisdom, and first of all, they must have the Spirit of God that dwells in them as a child of God, or they're not going to understand it. But that, uh, that w- wisdom and instruction comes, why? To perceive the words of understanding. Let me, let me explain that a little bit more. What is that talking about? To discern between right and wrong. In order for you and I to discern right and wrong as God defines right and wrong, and will we not agree that there has to be a standard? Am I the standard? Absolutely not. Are you the standard? Absolutely not. Is the standard established in in politics? Absolutely not. Is it established in academia? Absolutely not. The standard is God. God has established what is right and what is wrong. Now, do you have the mind of God? No. I don't have the mind of God. We have it on paper in the Word of God, but my mind is not on playing with God, and neither is yours. I've met some people who thought they were God, but that's not the case. We don't have His wisdom of ourselves. So it's a dangerous thing, stay with me, it's a dangerous thing for somebody whose mind is not on par with God to determine themselves what is right and to determine themselves what is wrong. Because let me tell you, we all have different viewpoints. We've all grown up in different homes and different circumstances. So somebody over here is going to have a different view of, of 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 a subject than somebody over here and somebody over here. So therefore, there's got to be a standard, and it's not you, it's not me, it's not anybody else, it's God. So how do I know what God thinks is right? I've got to get some instruction so that I can perceive the words of a... Well, 
And that's a tough one to swallow. I read this in the Bible. That's a tough one to swallow. It goes against society. It goes against everything. Well, why do I have that? To perceive words of understanding. So I get his wisdom and instruction, which is that divine revelation for God. And by the way, there is no divine revelation outside of the word of God. So we perceive the words of understanding to choose between right and wrong. If you want to know what's right and wrong, you read that book. That's how you get wisdom. But not just between right and wrong, between good and evil. There is good. There is evil. Fox News does not decide what's good and evil. CNN does not decide what's good and evil. And we can go all the way down, all the media that we get bombarded with, and you got to be very, very careful because it's at our fingertips. It's the headline alert. It's, it's, it's the same headlines all day long. Nobody decides what's good and evil but God. How am I going to know what's good and evil? Is it because of what the Republicans tell me? Is it because of what the Democrats tell me? No, it's because of what God has established. That's how I know what's good. That's how I know what's evil. His wisdom. I hope this is making sense tonight. Discern between right and wrong, good and evil. This is where it gets really helpful if we allow it to. Not just between right and wrong. Sometimes that's obvious. Not just between good and evil. Sometimes that's obvious. But between right and almost right. I've seen more Christians destroyed because they made a choice. They had a choice between right and almost right, and they chose almost right. That's why it's easy for me when somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, this is what I think I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I think I'm going to be. And this is everything, you know, and this is how much. And it's like, well, that sounds almost right. But what's right? When you go in your workplace, you're going to be presented with something that's right and almost right. How do I know that? i got to get into the Word of God and figure out how... It's right. But not just right and almost right. Here we go. How many of us want to be, how how many of us want to please God tonight with our life? We want to use the life God's given us to please Him, okay? Wisdom is is the Word of God. It comes with instruction. In men, let's just let's just let me just say this. We ought to treat this instruction a lot better than the instructions that come in the box when we buy something at the house to put together. I'm just gonna wing it. Sadly, there's too many Christians that are just winging it without the instructions. Uh, Wisdom, and then it comes with instruction. Why? So we can perceive the words of understanding. We've got to get this, and it's a rebellious heart that we all have a tendency to have, this mindset of, well, God's just trying to control me. God created you. God keeps your heart beating. It's God's air you're breathing. It's God's earth you're living on. If he wanted to control you and me, that's okay. God doesn't want to control us. He wants to perceive words of understanding so we don't make a decision that ruins our life, that shortens our days, that hurts somebody else, that we can live our life to the fullest. If you want to live your life to the fullest, find out why God put you on this planet Do the will of God, and that's living life to the fullest. To perceive between right and wrong, perceive between good and evil, 
perceived between right and almost right. That's why it's called almost right. Sometimes we get fooled by it. It sounds good. It's not, is it right and almost right, but also good and best. Young people, you can choose to live a good life. Or you live the best life you can. You're in church on a Wednesday night. You're in Bible study. That's good. If we get to a place where we look, we read the Word of God, we, I got to get wisdom. I got to get wisdom. This is divine revelation from God. Well, if we would be reminded this is divine revelation from God, we might not leave the church house and throw it in the back of our car. This is divine revelation from God. We might want to pick it up and read. Well, I wish God was here. If he was here, he could help me. We have divine revelation from God. What are we, we have wisdom, that divine revelation, instruction, knowledge to apply wisely, to perceive the words of understanding, to discern. I want to know what God thinks is right. I want to know what God thinks is wrong. I want to know what God calls good, and I want to know what God calls evil. I want to know what's right and almost right. But I also want to know what's good and what's best. It's good to not live like this lost world. It's good to stay away from what this world has to offer. It's best to yield a, live a yielded life to the Spirit of God. I want to know what's good and what is best. How am I going to do that? His wisdom. Now, notice we, we read verse number 3. Follow along with me. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. Wisdom is that divine revelation. God gives wisdom and instruction. Why? So we can perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom. So why do we need, besides what we've already said, why else do we need to receive this? Well, verse number three, Solomon continues to write, to receive the instructions of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. We're talking about wisdom, and we find three words here in verse number three, the word justice. Now, there's a lot that's said about justice today that is not Bible justice. And in case you need help with this, social justice is not Bible justice. 99.9% of social justice is anti-Bible. It's victimhood and revenge. That's what it is. Justice is the act as God would act. Well, I'm a victim. How would God act? God went to the cross of Calvary as an innocent man, never committing a sin. That's what justice is. And we live in a world today, don't be tainted by, by this world's opinion of what is right and wrong. Wisdom tells us what justice is. Where's wisdom come from? God. So if I'm going to be just... This is important. It's not just in a, we're not talking about justice just from a legal standpoint in a courtroom, which it certainly applies, but it's in dealing with one another. It's in treating, it's treating one another right. It's, it's handling the situations, acting as God would act. 
Notice that next word, judgment. Judgment is passing the correct sentence. You know, sometimes, and you got to be careful of this, if you're in a position of authority, parents, no matter what your position of authority, you know, if there's an offense, okay, but make sure it's the right sentence. It's a judgment. I'm going to judge, and by the way, say, well, don't, don't judge, the world says, don't, don't judge me. Don't worry about me judging. You better worry about God judging. That's the judge you, better, that you need to be concerned with. But we have areas of judgment. As the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, this is my area of judgment. Now, in your home, it's your area of judgment. We must judge in our area. Now, when I am out in public and I interact with people, I want to treat people justly like God would treat them. I want to make the correct judgment. Oh, I could cut them off. They deserve it. That's not passing the right judgment. But they were rude to me. Okay, what's passing the right judgment? Then equity. That's a word that we hear an awful lot about that if we would get, get the right definition, I'll tell you what equity is. It's proper application of justice and judgment. You cannot have equity as God speaks of it without proper justice and proper judgment. So wisdom tells us how to be just. Wisdom tells us how to pass the proper judgment. Are you following me? Wisdom then tells us how to apply those two things so there can be equality. I'll use a, a simple illustration that I'm sure would not apply anywhere in here, but parents, if you've got more than one child, child and you don't, have a, you, sh, you don't have a favorite, right? You, 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 you don't treat one one way and treat one the other way, now, in this room right now, every oldest child has just been like, yeah, my, my siblings, they get away with everything. They're, they're the favorite. Oh, it's the, the middle child's the best anyway. So, anyway, if, if we want to treat people the same, well, they're my friend, so I'll give them grace. But, they're not, so I'll let them, I'll let this person get away with what I won't let, let this person get away with. That's, that's not what God says is justice, judgment, and equity. Well, this person always treats me kindly, and so I'll give some grace and benefit of the doubt, but this person has been, this person has wronged me, so they get zero grace. This is, this is harder living than, I mean, and we're only in verse number three. But how, how am I going to, because, you know, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have emotions? You know, hurt's a real emotion. You know, sorrow's a real emotion. You know, suffering's real. You know, anger is real. So if I have all these emotions, and sometimes the way people react to me, it stirs my emotions. How am I going to know? How, how, how do I act? Well, wisdom comes from God and says, when this happens, this is what you do. So therefore, say, well, Pastor, when I get saved, do I automatically know this? No, you've got you've to you've read the divine revelation. You've got to apply it to your life. And so, 
Justice, judgment, and equity. I, it's a good thing for you and I to be in church every time the church doors are open. The Bible talks about that. It's a good thing. You ought to be in church. But it's a good thing for you to treat people right. I, I warned us, and I hadn't planned on saying this, so just, maybe we just need to hear it again. I've warned us over the last few years, don't you let a conservative news outlet put hate in your heart towards somebody of the other political... I don't like what, what people some stand for. And if God calls it evil, it's evil. But Jesus still died for them. God still loves them. Wouldn't it be a wise thing to get the revelation from God to know how to treat people to be to ex- execute justice and judgment and equity? I think so. Now, let me make a few statements, and then we'll actually get into... That's like four statements, so we'll get to the rest. Let me say, based off of verse number three, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, equity. Now, look at verse number 20. Wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. Now, we're talking about wisdom. We've said divine revelation. Solomon's writing about it. There's instruction that goes with it. I've given you some, some very practical but very helpful reasons why we need this wisdom. Now, I know what some may say, well, that's good. I just, I just don't have it. Well, I'm going to point some things out. Wisdom isn't hiding. Wisdom is available. You and I cannot use the excuse well, just wisdom, I, don't, I just don't have it. No, it's available. My Bible says it crieth without. With, you can't keep truth down. The, the Holy Spirit is real. And if you have him inside because you're saved, you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to instruct you some things. The Holy Spirit's going to teach you some things out of this book. The Holy Spirit's going to bring some things in, uh, into your mind that you've read and that you, you heard a message preached. The Holy Spirit's going to bring it back. To a lost world, the Holy Spirit's going to bring conviction. So when they don't have the Bible, they don't, the Spirit of God is real. Wisdom crieth without. Now, our, 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 our nation has left, and our nation is slipping further and further away from God, but Anybody in this room can still find them a Bible tomorrow. I hope you can find one tonight in your lap. The Bible's still the best-selling book. Wisdom is available. Now, let me, let me mention this to you about wisdom. Wisdom is seeking. Seeking. Error and truth are always on a collision course. God wants you to make right decisions. Are you, are you with me? He wants you to choose the right thing. God does not expect you to go through this life blind, just reaching and hoping you grab right. He created you. He has a plan for you, created your life to fulfill that plan. He has sent his son to pay for your sin debt. 
save your soul. He allowed somebody to share the gospel with you. You chose salvation. So far, so good. Now God says, I'm going to give you my wisdom so that you can do what is right. So wisdom is seeking. Now, this is key. We said wisdom is available, wisdom is seeking. Am I going too fast? Are you with me? If you do not have wisdom, it is because you have acted incorrectly toward wisdom. Let me say that again. If you do not have wisdom, it is because you have acted incorrectly toward wisdom. There are many Christians that will make mistakes that have ruined their life, that will alter their life forever, and they can't blame God. God gave them wisdom. They rejected a mother's Bible. They rejected a Sunday school teacher. They rejected the, the, the counsel of a pastor. If you and I don't have wisdom, it is because we have acted incorrectly towards it. Because it is crieth without. It, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief places of concourse. Our legal system is based on this book. Our founding documents are based on this book. As much as, as the God-haters want to try and eliminate it, wisdom is in the streets shouting justice, judgment, and equity. She is in the, she cried in the chief places of concourse and the openings of the gates. Now, with that in mind, if you do not have wisdom, it is because you have acted incorrectly towards wisdom. Young people, if your mom and dad have made an effort to get you to church, many of you in a Christian school, don't you ever blame mom and dad for your choices. This Bible is preached from this pulpit. I don't claim to be a perfect man. I don't claim to be anything other than just somebody trying to do what God has created me to do. Don't blame me because you, you never cracked open the Bible. Well, that church. If you had listened, if you had received the instruction from God's Word, if you had read your Bible, you, would have, you could have perceived, you could have discerned. Now, how do we deal with wisdom? Look at me at verse number 22. How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge? I've got, I've got to hurry. You three men right here, just move your chairs and just line them up in a straight row right there. F facing, facing out. Facing out. All right, there you go. Now, three types of people, and we'll spend on another Wednesday night in depth on each one of them. This is a good overview for you and I. We've talked about wisdom. We've talked about what it is, why it's important, so we can discern right and wrong, good and evil, right and almost right. Verse 22 mentions three characters that wisdom is speaking to. She crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the street. She crieth in her chief place of concourse. In the openings of the gates of the city, she uttereth her words. How long, ye simple ones... Will ye love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorner, and fools hate knowledge? For the Collingsworth, we're going to let him represent the simple. 
Brother Cruz will represent the scorners. And Brother Fox is going to represent the fools. Now, the simple is weak in intellect, not wise. Now, let's let's use the Bible definition. At some point, all of us were simple. When you got saved, you did not know everything about this. You didn't know anything about this book. And the first time you heard somebody say, brother so-and-so, or, or you use a word that's for the Bible, you're like, what in the world are they talking about? You were simple. Somebody gets saved out of the world, all they've had is the world's philosophy. That's not wisdom, because wisdom only comes from God. So a simple person is just not wise. He doesn't have the wisdom that is available to him. The scorner scoffs at right, scoffs at rules, scoffs at those that teaches right, mocks sin, and if that's not bad enough, mocks God's impending judgment of it. That is a scorner. You do not want to be a scorner. There's no coming back for a scorner. God destroys the scorner. But it's one who makes fun of. A fool is one who acts contrary. We've talked about this before on a Wednesday night to sound wisdom. One who acts contrary to morals. One who follows his own inclinations. I'm going to do what I want to do. I know what wisdom says, but I'm going to do what I want to do. That's a fool. One who prefers temporary pleasure to the service of God and eternal happiness. A fool is somebody who says, it's my life. I'll use it to do whatever I want to do. That is somebody who God says is a fool. Because that temporary happiness, that temporary pleasure is temporary. Anybody ever thought about how long eternity is? It's a lot longer than 70 years. So that's a fool. The Bible says, wisdom asks the question, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? How long will you scorners, that, that's the person who just says, hey, I'm happy as can be, just being blah, 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 blah. The scorner delights in mocking. That's their sport. Fools resist wisdom and instruction. So we have wisdom available. Now we see the relationship of three types of people with wisdom. And it's going to tell us a lot. Okay? Mr. Wisdom, I've asked Daniel to be wisdom. Wisdom walks through the streets and crieth without... And she walks through the streets crying, justice, judgment, equity. So wisdom's walking about. Justice, judgment, equity. And walking to and fro. Justice, judgment, equity. Wisdom, wait right there, wisdom. Wisdom is available. That's why this world works so hard to squash it. 
Matter, matter of fact, I'll help you with this too. That's what the cancel culture is all about. It's canceling wisdom. Squashing what God has said. Squashing what is right. Wisdom walks back this way and is... Now, wisdom stops and approaches the simple and says to the simple, Justice, judgment, equity. and the simple has an opportunity. Do I accept wisdom? There's a lot of simple people in this world. It's not because they're dumb or ignorant in the sense of, They just can't get it. It's ignorant in the sense of they refuse the wisdom that's available. And they think that if I just ignore it, I just don't receive it, I can live in my little world and I can be okay. Wisdom comes to the scorner and speaks. Justice, judgment, equity. And the scorner delights in making fun of wisdom. I mean, look at wisdom. I mean, how out of touch is wisdom? Oh, oh, and those that hold the wisdom, and they teach wisdom, and oh, the mom and dad who who all they want to talk about is what what God says and what the Bible says, and and that pastor who's who who, that preacher who's who's this isn't the 1940s anymore. I mean, this is this is this is the 2020s, you know, and 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 society is different, and they mock them and they make fun of them and they and and they scorn and, and 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 truth says and wisdom says one day God is gonna execute execute justice and makes fun of it. Oh, yeah, the world's going to come to an end. That's what a scorner does. Wisdom then comes to a fool and says to the fool. Justice, judgment, equity. And the fool hates knowledge. Resist the wisdom. You know why? Because you've got to remember the definition of a fool. They're living for themselves. Don't remind me that I should be living for somebody else. Don't get in the way of what I want to do with my life. Don't tell me that I can't have fun. That is a fool. They hate it. So a simple person is kind of indifferent to it. I don't want it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy just the way I am. And quite frankly... That's why there's some, when they get saved, they start getting into a church that is a, is a diet of meat, of wisdom. They're not entertained. They've got a decision to make. Do I want to stay simple? Or do I want to get a hold of wisdom? A scorner mocks it, makes fun of it. A fool rejects it, resists it. Now, what is going to happen. Wisdom, I'll let you just stand over there to the side for me out of everybody's way. When the simple resist the wisdom, look at me in verse number 32 of chapter 1. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. That's not talking about somebody turning the simple away. It's the simple turning away from wisdom shall slay them. 
is the word shall, a word that brings the point to a conclusion, or is it indifferent? If God says shall, put it down. There's nobody sitting over here, you're not going to be the exception. Nobody out here, you're not going to be the exception. I can't be the exception. Turning away of the simple shall slay them. What happens is the simple just goes about their business. I'm just, hey, I don't have to know. I'm just happy not knowing. It's an, it's, it's an absence of wisdom. It is somebody, quite frankly, who has wisdom available to them, and they never open it. They're, you're simple. But when it's available to us, say, read your Bible and be in the house of God. Why? So we can be taught the Word of God and preach the Word of God so we can grow, so we can know and we don't fall for the snares of Satan. The wiles of the devil, and he has those tricks, and he has those, we're not deceived by them. There's a lot of Christians who get destroyed, not because they want to be destroyed, they got deceived. Didn't Solomon write at the very beginning of Proverbs about discerning? We need wisdom so we can discern the simple, according to God's word, for the turning away of the simple shall slay them. Eventually, they'll be slain because they did not get the wisdom and instruction and add it to their life. The scorner, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 25, tells us what to do with the scorner. We'll spend more time on this later. Smite a scorner. Proverbs 22, 10 says, cast out a scorner. That's the only option God gives anybody when it comes to a scorner. So unfollowing them would probably be appropriate. Blocking them would probably be appropriate. Not speaking to them would probably be appropriate. Well, Pastor, you've got to give them. No, I will give, I mean, I will, somebody who, that person who's struggling, that person who's simple, that person who, 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 who has even fallen into sin, I will hit the backs, I will help them. Scorner is a whole different story. Because when wisdom approaches, the scorner mocks it, makes fun of it. A fool, wisdom comes to a fool, and look at what verse 32 says. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Now, this is very key because sometimes we look at the prosperity of a fool and we think they're okay. When you reject wisdom, the Bible calls you a fool. I'm not calling you a fool. I'm just repeating what God says. If I reject wisdom, the Bible calls me a fool. A lot of times, that foolish heart, is a, it's a rebellious heart. We say, well, I don't want to do that. Who's the pastor think he is? Who's mom and dad think they are? I mean, I mean are, we really, are we really keeping, are we really still doing that as churches and Christians? Are we really still keeping up with all of that? That's a fool. It's dangerous. It is dangerous because look at your Bible in verse 32. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. At first, 
they will be in that rebellion and they'll make those foolish decisions. And from the outside, you'll look and it's like, well, they sure do look like they're having a good time. Prosperity. Well, they, they don't have the church schedule tying them down. Looks like they're doing prosperity. The, their prosperity. You got to be careful because you'll look at that and say, well, nothing happened to them. Well, they, they did nothing happened to them. Well, what does God say? And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. By the way, when, when, when you get away from God and you start going down a path that, that you shouldn't go down, when God confronts you, you ought to be thankful for that. And, and if you'll permit me to say it, if you've got a pastor that will confront you about it, you ought to be thankful for that. The prosperity is what's going to eventually destroy you. And if you've got a mom and dad who doesn't put up with it, you ought to be thankful for that. Because we think nothing's happened. Look at us in America. I mean, we have gotten away from God. We're murdering babies. We, we're, 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 well, they're in the, no, they're not in the womb anymore if you're not keeping up. It's in the womb. It's still murder. But now it's down outside of the womb. Nothing's happening. Fools are going to be destroyed. What's going to destroy them? Their prosperity. That's what's going to happen. Wow, that, this, is a, this is improperly dealing with wisdom. That's why one day, soon, and maybe tonight, that trumpet's going to sound and all God's people are going to be raptured out. If you think about that, there won't be one Christian left on this earth. Some people are going to finally get their wish and they're going to realize it's not what they wanted. It's not what they hoped for. It's not what they wish. God is going to pour his wrath out on this earth. And that Hollywood can't make enough horror movies to illustrate what's going to take place when this happens. And God will execute judgment and justice, and he'll do it equally. There are results of improperly dealing with... a school course and you're given all of the this is all going to be on the test and you don't even crack open a book you don't even look the teacher can give you the answers and you show up and you say that teacher this is just unfair because you know of this or this or or you know i feel i feel i feel threatened or whatever it is i need must what you know it, it's equal you had it available to you that's the way wisdom is now one more illustration, and I'm done. I've showed you improperly dealing with wisdom. Let's stay away from this. Can we all agree? But wisdom continues, continues to walk the streets and... Then wisdom, Diamani, I'll let it be you, approaches the wise. We don't know they're wise yet, but they're wise. And wisdom says the same thing. Justice, judgment, equity. I remind you what that is. You do, you, you do handle every situation like God would handle it. Well, how am I to know that? I don't have his mind. 
you have to get his wisdom. Well, how do I know how to execute judgment on that? I believe I know, I know what's right, but how do I go about it? That judgment, the instruction that comes with it. And then the equity is you apply it the same to everybody you meet. Comes in a wise person when he says justice, judgment, and equity begins to write it down. But doesn't just write it on a three-by-five card. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's what a wise person does. That is the proper response to wisdom. Everybody in this room has wisdom available to them. Your success and your failure 100% hinges on your response to it. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. People, people, I've been wronged and I didn't have advantages like somebody else. Well, wisdom is available to show you how to overcome that. Wisdom is available to show you how to grant forgiveness and to live without bitterness. So it doesn't matter what you come from, God's wisdom is available to help you overcome it. A simple person says, no, nah, I'm good enough. They're going to get a turned away wisdom, they, their, their own simplicity. They're going to face something that they should have prepared. That's why you ought to be faithful. There are some who, who down the line, the message that God sent for them on a Sunday morning, they slept in. The message God sent for them on a Sunday night, they skipped. And they're going to face something in their life, and they're not going to have the wisdom or they took their Bible and they cast it aside and then they face something and they're not prepared for it. That's a simple person. A, a scorner, we've identified with a scorner as a fool. says, I just want to live for myself. And you're confronted with that wisdom. Wisdom still comes and says, justice, stop doing what you want to do and do what God wants you to do. Wisdom comes and says, judgment. You need to treat the situation and people the same. You need, to, you need to, the proper sentence, the application. And do it equally. And a fool says, nah. And everything seems okay. But a wise person, it doesn't matter. There's circumstances they come from. That's why the church is a wonderful thing. A church that has God's word. Because there's, there's people in here, you grew up. I grew up in a good Christian home. There's... Some who did not have that luxury. I grew up, I had mom and dad. My, my wife grew up in a divorced home. Some of you grew up poor. Some of you grew up not poor. There's different races represented. There's people born in different countries. And here we are assembled as part of God's church. And you know why we can say, look what God has done with us? It's not because he grabbed us by the back of the neck and said, you're going you're gonna to straighten yourself up as a Christian or else. No, it's because wisdom was presented. And we said, well, I, I know how to handle this situation now. I'm going to handle it that way. 
Well, he says I should do this. This is, this is the judgment that I'm, 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 I'm doing. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, here's where that equity comes in. I've got to treat every day whether I feel good or I feel bad. I've got to apply God's the wisdom to it. And that's when we become wise. It is all in how. See, we have, and I, and I know I'm a little bit over time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it up to you in 2027. But this, 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 is, this, is, this is life-changing. You know, it's, 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 well, you know, I don't, I don't know, and I forgot what I was going to say now, so it, it was life-changing, um, how we deal with wisdom, how we respond to it. This world and the society, and in Christian circles, we've de-emphasized the church. You know what we're de-emphasizing? The Bible. Well, we can fellowship in homes. You can, and I'm all for fellowship. But we're de-emphasizing this. Because the Bible still lays out that there's an assembly, there's a shepherd who preaches the word of God. What is that? That's so we can have wisdom. That's so we can apply it. And we are de-emphasizing, and that's why, if you'll permit me to say it, that's why Christians are more dumb than they've ever been. You know why? We're simple. Because we don't have God's wisdom. Well, I don't need the church. Well, I need wisdom. You need wisdom. So the question tonight, I've thrown a lot at you, and I've tried to move very quickly. Wisdom's available to any, everybody. God tells us what he thinks about our sin. He tells us how to have forgiveness of our sin. And we must line up with what God says. God tells us how to live. How to have joy. How to have victory. This world is cruel. This world is vicious. If you think about the things that go on in this world to, to people, and to innocent people, all this, it, 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 it's heartbreaking. So where's the explanation of that? Well, we can't ignore wisdom anymore. No matter what we face, God never, never promised us Life would be fair because this world's not fair. Sin. But this, I can have wisdom how to overcome. I can have wisdom how to deal with justice, judgment, equity. Wisdom's available to all of us. Father, I pray that you use the word of God tonight. May it be a help to us. May it be 